Hello, this is Search for Truth Radio, your Bible teaching program with Brian Johnston. Thanks for tuning in. Last week, Brian explored evidence for the existence of God in the incidence of morality. Or put another way, understanding the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the act of God giving the law. Again, I remind us that this present series is called Sowing in Hard Soil. It's Bible studies to support anyone seeking to communicate the gospel, particularly where people's hearts may be hard, such as in Western society. In the quest for evidence for the existence of God, Brian has referred to the creation, then the giving of the law, and this time we encounter the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. In other words, the physical presence of God upon this earth. Here's Brian. Thanks, John. In our survey of 2 Corinthians chapters 3 and 4, we've referred to the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the act of creation and in the giving of the law with its Ten Commandments. These showed respectively the glory of God as our maker and the glory of God as our judge. But these were referred to by the Apostle Paul merely as stepping stones in the reasoned argument he develops in these two chapters of our Bible, chapters that are themed on glory, the glory of God. At the point where Paul describes God shining light into darkened human hearts, he made first that backward reference to the Genesis account of the creation with its famous recording of the first spoken words of God, let there be light. And then he comes to describe Moses receiving the two stone tablets with the first directly written words of God, namely the Ten Commandments. The point Paul particularly makes here is about the skin of Moses' face shining at that time, the result of his exposure to God's presence on the mountaintop. The Apostle Paul has reminded us that was a glory that faded over time, but the actual fading of the glory was masked by the fact that Moses wore a veil on his face so that the people couldn't see the glory as it faded away. The reason why Paul has reviewed these historical elements is to show the excellency of the Christian message. With the coming of Jesus Christ, God has revealed his glory more fully much more fully than ever before, in fact, to the greatest degree possible. We'll let Paul take up his argument and allow him to be the one to complete it, but not before one more clarifying comment, if I may. We're going to find Paul acknowledging that there's opposition to the Christian message of revelation from God. It's something that can bring discouragement to every Christian who witnesses to the truth of God in Christ at least whenever that witness is rejected. Contrasting with the light, there's darkness. Contrasting with the rule of God, there's rebellion. There are none so blind as those who refuse to see. At the same time, the sceptic says, we'd believe if there was clear evidence. Why, they ask, is God so well hidden if he's really there? The following words by the Apostle Paul explain that apparent hiddenness as a veil, one that's lying over their minds. Over to Paul now, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 1. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we receive mercy, 
we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the things hidden because of shame, not walking in craftiness or adulterating the word of God, but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. The evidence of God's existence and his great goodness to us in Christ is not apparent to all, for Paul says, Our gospel is veiled. The Bible acknowledges the existence of an adversarial power. Satan blinds the unbelieving to the otherwise obvious reality of creation. Satan also blinds the unbelieving to the telling witness of transcendent morality, by which, for example, there's a universal and innate understanding that it's wrong to murder innocent children under any circumstances. But beyond those two blind spots, Satan blinds the minds of unbelievers to the gift of God's Son, known in history as Jesus Christ. He is the light, and he came to fulfil the law. The Apostle John picks up on both those points very early in the Gospel that bears his name. John chapter 1 from verse 9. There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realised through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. Once, Malcolm Muggeridge was blinded to the glory of God in Christ, as the Word who became flesh. But he faced up to the bankruptcy of that way of thinking, and later in life embraced Christianity. Then he wrote, In one lifetime I have seen my own fellow countrymen ruling over a quarter of the world. I've heard a crazed, cracked Austrian proclaim to the world the establishment of a German Reich that would last a thousand years. An Italian clown announced that he would restart the calendar 
to begin with his own assumption of power. I've heard a murderous Georgian brigand in the Kremlin, acclaimed by the intellectual elite of the world as a wiser than Solomon, all in one little lifetime, all gone with the wind, Hitler and Mussolini dead, remembered only in infamy, Stalin, a forbidden name in the regime he helped to found and dominate for some three decades, all in one lifetime, all gone, gone with the wind, behind the debris of these self-styled sullen supermen and imperial diplomatists, there stands the gigantic figure of one person, because of whom, by whom, in whom and through whom alone mankind may still have hope, the person of Jesus Christ. So in summary he's saying, over the wreck of time, standing tall above the debris of history, is the person of Christ, a life so powerful it reset the clocks some 2,000 years ago, and in him alone forgiveness can be found. Picking up the Apostle Paul's language here, Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias said it well. He said this, the greatest pursuit of the Hebrews was light. Everything was idealised by light. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The people that sat in darkness have seen a great light. For the Hebrews, the ideal was light. For the Romans, the ideal was glory. The glory of the Roman Empire, the glory of the Caesars, the city to which all roads led, the city that wasn't built in a day. Rome symbolised glory. The Hebrews symbolised light as their ideal. The Greeks pursued knowledge, the ideal of the academy, the ideal of the sophists, the ideal of wisdom and the ideal of knowledge. Let me retrace it. The Hebrews pursued light as an ideal. The Greeks pursued knowledge as the ideal. And the Romans pursued glory. Here is the Apostle Paul, a Hebrew by birth, a citizen of Rome in a Greek city. He says in 2 Corinthians 4, God, who caused the light to shine out of darkness, has caused his light to shine in our heart to give to us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus our Lord. The universe around us is the work of God's hands. The starry heavens above and the moral law within, as Kant expressed it, both testify to the glory of God. But in Christ, God has a human face. The glory of God's revelation of himself to us shines in its fullest glory in the face of Christ, the very pinnacle of light and knowledge and glory.
The evidence for the existence of God in the presence of Jesus Christ on this earth is sure and certain. Jesus said to one of his disciples, uh, Philip that is, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. That's John chapter 14 verse 9. Many have researched this evidence and come to the same conclusion as Thomas, the disciple, who, when met by the risen Christ, declared him, My Lord and my God. I'd like to remind you that all our talks are available online or as a hard copy transcript book to help you in further study or to fill in missed programmes. So here's how to get the book. Firstly, you could get it online yourself by downloading a copy from Church of God dot info forward slash media or if you're not able to do that and need to request a hard copy book just write in and ask for sowing in hard soil you can use email or the post and here's our address search for truth hayes press the barn flaxlands royal wotton bassett swindon sn48 dy uk our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. You might be interested to know that most titles of Search for Truth transcript books have been turned into e-books and are available at Amazon. If you go to amazon.co.uk forward slash kindle hyphen e-books and when you're in the Kindle store type Search for Truth Brian Johnston and then you'll find them. Many can also be ordered as a conventional print book from Amazon Bookstore or from our own bookstore at www.hayspress.org and then go into the Explore Our Shop section. So thank you for sharing this time together with us. Do join us next time when Brian will be looking into the workings of the Holy Spirit. But till then, it's goodbye and very best wishes from my Bible teacher Brian our producer David, our singers, and me, John. So see you again soon, and meantime, may God richly bless you. Wow.